0: Captain
1: Long. the garage. My daddy said, Son, you're gonna drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving. That's the the funny, money car. Tell him it's your car and you do what you want with it. I own this car, I do as I please. I also own the highway. My taxes pay for that. They're both mine. I own the highway and I own the car. I own everything! <laughs> That's the rookie Suarez up and over Regan Smith. The big one I get to over the trial. Welcome to the Throwing Lynches Podcast.
0: Welcome to another episode of Throwing Wrenches Podcast. This is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And we're joined tonight by a recurring guest, actually the most frequent guest of our podcast history. I'm honored. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's Regan, and he works for Toyota Motor. We said we could say that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I work for Toyota Motor Sales. I'm out of the
2: uh, Chicago regional office up in Aurora, Illinois. I'm one of the field technical specialists.
1: So the reason we have Regan on the show is uh, we've had him on couple times in the past. Of course, he's a friend of mine, and he's also a co-worker because he works for the manufacturer that I work for. Um, but I wanted to interview him, and I wanted to actually talk about how you get to this job and how you get to this level, and then maybe talk a little bit about the future of automotive tech, because guys like Regan actually are helping decide you know what shops are doing and what they're maintaining and, and how they're training their staff. So uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But um, first things first, did you go to Carbondale? Yeah,
2: I'm a, I'm a graduate of Southern Illinois University. I'm a uh, Saluki, Saluki's. Carbondale,
1: Illinois. But where were you born and raised? Born and raised in Freeport, okay. Illinois. Okay, yep. so you Opposite went from the far to the state. Yeah, that was probably fun.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it, it was convenient for a 19-year-old uh, guy into cars. I could stay in state, pay state tuition, and go absolutely as far away from home as possible. That's uh, that's uh, Yeah,
1: I don't think you could physically get any further away in the state of Illinois. No. So w- when you went to Southern, what year was that? I started Southern in 1997. 1997. And uh, was it – it's a big automotive school now. and then Yeah. It, yeah, It
2: was one of five at the time in the nation that had a four-year degree. So um, I think there's still roughly around that amount, but it has a Bachelor of Science of Automotive Technology degree. So to me, when the program was introduced to me, when I learned about it, I, uh, I said, well, this is great, a four-year degree – Cost about the same as a tech school at the time if I was mm-hmm. going to go to your DeVry or your Lincoln Tech or your UTIs I mean, or Wyoming
1: Tech. State schools used to be pretty reasonable. Yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it still yeah. was reasonable at the time. It still is reasonable now, uh, comparatively. But, um, like, great, I'll get a bachelor's degree in automotive technology. I'll still go to shop class every day, so I'll try out a little English. <laughs> I can go back to my local dealership and I'll be a service manager real soon. Yeah,
1: yeah so. That, that, that got blown way off, of course, real quick. That, that was the thought process. That though. was go the back, thought process. Go back to the small-town car dealership.
2: Well, small-town car dealership. I grew up in Freeport, Illinois, and I was born and raised a Chevy guy. You yeah. know, um, My dad had great stories about Camaros and racing um, Malibus and all that in the day, and we were a Chevy family. So I was into cars my entire life. And um, when it, I was, I went through, we had a great auto shop program in Freeport. Freeport High School um, had an amazing high school auto shop program. Um, four years of it. I managed to somehow finagle six or seven years of auto shop in four <laughs> years of school. But um, it set me up for an amazing career and uh, um, a, a really good base for
1: being a technician and being in the industry. So so back then, I mean, I remember I was in uh was not auto shop? It was a small engines. In so the that's location. where I started. Yeah. 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 Did you have to bring in a car and tear down a mower, or how, did you? Well,
2: have... um, we started with small engines, and of course, right off the bat, I uh, I stepped right off the deep end. So um, everybody brings in mom and dad's three horse Briggs. Yeah. I bring in an eight and a quarter horse Wisconsin S eight D cast iron golf cart engine. Holy <laughs> cow! Okay. I weighed less re- than hundred re- pounds. The I weighed the engine weighed more than me. The, the golf cart is an entirely different
0: podcast. <laughs> okay. So we've got some material, Eric, is yeah. what you're saying.
2: It's, it's, a, it's, right. it's actually a fascinating it, it, story. It's rabbit hole
0: yeah. stories. With, um,
2: which still goes on to this day. Uh, <laughs> Two-cylinder? No, single. Single? Okay. Single. Um, I mean, my family was involved in the rebuilding of this engine. So my best friends to this day. I mean, anyway, the golf cart's a legend. All right. All right got but it. But we'll, we'll, we'll stay on task yeah. here. So yeah. anyway, we rebuild... Everybody's rebuilding the Briggs and Stratton engines with off-the-shelf parts. Not me. We have to research stuff way before the internet, and my mom drove us to Rockford to go find the head gasket. Oh, my
1: goodness. We (laughs) learned how
2: to patch holes and cast iron blocks because we put a bearing in wrong on the camshaft. Whatever. We got the sucker to run. Ran like a top. Um, But that pretty much set the stage for my automotive career in high school, Um, and then from... Basic power mechanics, as we called it, you went into various stages until you were a senior, and you had you know two hours of shop class all day. I actually used my study hall period to actually be a teaching assistant for the um, basic engines class in that's high school. A, yeah, in high school, who
1: does that in high
0: school? Pretty
2: impressive,
1: overachiever.
2: Uh, yeah. That's how I got like seven years worth of automotive classes right. in four years of high school. Yeah, so
0: um, yeah, it was teachers' pet. Yeah, very was, much so. But, but was it one of those things where you excelled, like, oh, we're going to tear this down, and then you've got to take your test do your power flow or whatever final test you do, and the teacher was impressed with your ability? Or was it like, I got this done before everybody else. What do I do now? I never actually finished the engine. Uh, I finished it on my own after the school year because <laughs> okay.
2: of, of parts availability and whatnot. <laughs> well, yeah. So I was helping everybody else okay. naturally. Um, no, it was just natural. It, it, was, it came to you
0: pretty easy, yeah, and I loved
2: it. There, yeah. there, to me, there wasn't anything else to do. I didn't do homework. I didn't go to English class. I didn't pay attention uh, in most of my other classes. I did auto mechanics, and then um, the, along with the auto mechanics classes, we had we had uh, electrical class. We had machining. We had welding. We had drafting. I, I did four years of drafting and mechanical design in high school. I mean, oh. this is the era. I feel like I'm lucky that I was one of the last ones of that era because we literally tore down our machine shop my senior year. My shop teacher was great um, in that he was actually my wedding. That's how yeah. important my high school shop yeah. teacher was. Do you give a shout-out to, his, to uh, Mr., Mr. Mike Deutscher? Yeah. Up in, uh, I think he's up in uh, northern Wisconsin now, retired very nicely on a lake up there in the Hayward area. Cool. But, uh But, him. no, Mike Deutscher, I could, I could do a podcast on him and his influences on me and uh, through my life. But um, great man um one of those high school shop teachers that you've heard about too yeah. you know uh, it was his way or the highway so um to this day i still keep an extremely clean shop my own shop at home um tool cart you know your tools go on the cart. They don't go on the car yeah. you know i watched him push a, a car off of uh off of a jack because the kid wasn't using jack stands once you know that he was that kind of guy
0: you know old school teach a lesson teach yeah, lesson. exactly
2: yeah. you know but great guy but, wow. uh, again, that's a whole other podcast. But, yeah. anyway, great influence. Um, and it's that kind of influence that we'll talk about later maybe today with the whole um, um, being able to hold my own in a shop, being mm-hmm. able to be around, you know, the the, the grumpy yes. old-timers yes. of the stores and Absolutely. whatnot. You know, he, he, he probably knew as well as I did that I was going to go into the automotive industry someday. And um, he didn't pick on me like he did some of the other kids. But I, I was comfortable – being around him, and I was always been comfortable. I almost kind of seek out the old grumpy guys at the stores these days. But again, we'll we'll get into that a little bit yeah.
1: later. Um, so it's it's southern automotive tech. I mean, this could be working for manufacturer. This could be come back working for the dealership. This could be. I, I mean, that's, that's sky, sky's the limit on this degree, right? Yes. As, far as automotive field. So that's when that's when the that's when.
2: Um, the, the the doors busted wide open for me, so I'm I'm at Southern Illinois for that's a whole other story too how I got there, but um, I basically took a year off and then went down to school and um, joined their automotive program. And within the first month or so, they're hey Chrysler's here recruiting. Uh, they're having an informational session tonight. They're going to have hot dogs and they might even have some beer. You should come by. Like, what Chrysler? Okay. Oh, Ford's next week. GM's coming. <laughs> Toyota'll be here. Like. Whoa, whoa. Everybody is coming through these schools with these four years' degrees. I thought I was just going to be a technician with a very expensive degree. Oh, no, no, there's a whole other world here. I never fathomed of going to work for a manufacturer. And um, so these opportunities, these interviews began becoming available as I went through college. Freshman year. Freshman year, yeah. Yeah. So Hmm. the automotive program was very good at working with the career services of the college and making sure that there was always attendance at least. Uh, the school has always been really good, and most of these schools are really good. Making sure they pack the room for when Chrysler, Toyota, whoever shows up, we got to show support because there, you know, there's some reciprocation mm-hmm. there, right? Um, for for service and tools and whatnot. Anyway, um, regardless, I was captivated. I was hook, line, and sinker. Like uh, screw this technician stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna join a manufacturer, and um, so I pursued them. I pursued them all. And it was varying degrees of experiences as far as interviewing goes and opportunities that they presented to me.
1: What about your curriculum, though? Did you steer it and tailor it in a way that it was more, yeah, uh, it office is. related or
2: no? Um, and it's other schools aside from Southern that offer this degree. You can curtail it a lot of different ways you want. Um, with us, we had the opportunity to do a basically a. Um, a, uh, a major in automotive technology with maybe a minor in business, okay. or a small business or, or something like that. I didn't really pursue a minor per se. So I just kind of took the extra electives, focused on the automotive stuff and took as many of the courses that I needed to make my resume look better. And that's what our counselor helped us do was you need this, this and this to graduate from our program. But at the meantime, you're looking for a job, aren't you? You're talking to so-and-so, aren't you? Whether it's the dealership in town your old hometown Mm -hmm. you're going to open your own shop or you're going to go work for a big manufacturer this all helps you here and so they they really helped me with that at that school at that time Mm -hmm. to make sure that my resume looked good um because at the time my resume was pretty much just a couple odd jobs in my (laughs) school curriculum but they also encouraged us to work through college Um, part of my graduation requirements was to do an externship meaning i worked for free for my spring break a job shadow dealership that happened to be closing. That was an incredible experience
0: mm.
2: going through a buy sell.
1: Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah.
2: Um so that was that was eye opening. Yeah. Um and then uh there was some other things where I actually ended up getting an internship with Toyota and that was class credit and that was part of my experience and credit for graduating
1: as well. So, so not not to go right to the Toyota thing, mm. but I mean you're a domestic guy. Oh yeah. And I mean, that had to be a little bit like, eh, Toyota. I mean, I want to be with one of the big three, right? It started that way, absolutely. Yeah. And the program they sold
2: was generic; everybody got the same experience. It, it didn't interest me at all. When Toyota came to town, oh man, um, they did something. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Spew a little corporate you, you, here, but you, you work yeah, for corporate, for so yeah. I mean, yeah, you're Tom, certainly entitled
0: to
1: slant this towards. Uh,
2: this started from the first time Rick Dufresne, who's now retired, helped recruit me, was the, the people first aspect from Toyota. It was fascinating to me. They, they, were, they weren't there selling me General Motors in the bow tie or Ford in the ASAP program. They were there talking about how they deal with people and how they treat their employees, you know, so they really did a good job to me at least, of painting the picture of what it would be like to work for that company. And fast forward 19 years later, they were right. They were right on the money. Except for the fact they're not in California anymore. They moved to Dallas. They did move to Dallas. uh, And I did move quite a ways
1: away from California. But
2: um, no, that helped shape my career immensely, though.
1: So as a kid, I mean, a field technical specialist like a job now, we kind of equate you to a field engineer, but... uh, when you show up and you're 23 years old and you just graduate from Southern and you take a job with Toyota, what exactly do they have you doing? You get two choices when you get recruited from Toyota. Uh, and a lot of the other car companies are real similar. Um, you either go
2: basically sales and marketing or service. Well, I'm a car guy. I took the service side. So I was a corporate trainee, and I started off, for lack of a better explanation, their tech line. I was on the technical assistance hotline. Now, all the other manufacturers that were recruiting also – they also started you on their tech line but you were maybe a contract employee or maybe you want to go work for tech if it was Ford, a lot of guys made great careers and i work for some of those guys that did take that route or work with some of those guys that took that route we all end up in the same place yeah no big deal it just didn't appeal to me as all that much but i got to be on the ground floor of product quality at toyota right out of the box
1: so tech line for those who don't know um uh It's a resource for the technicians, Mm -hmm. maybe for other facets of the corporate. I don't know. But at the dealership level, uh, when a technician has an issue, if he can't figure it out, if he can't sort it out through the repair manual, uh, what he's supposed to do is he's supposed to make a case online, which I don't know 20 years ago what it was like back then. But uh, make the case online, document everything, all the pertinent information, and then call in and actually talk to an engineer on the other end of the phone. Yeah. So, um,
2: again, 19 years ago, 20 years ago, it was vastly different than it is now, but the concept's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was there, we were product engineers. Uh, that was our title. So you could talk to the guy investigating the issue on the O2 sensor that you were calling about. The guy in charge of fixing that nationally, he'd pick up the phone.
1: Yeah. So that was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because you would, you would dial in for, is this electrical? Is this radio? Is mm-hmm. this? Yeah. And so you would hit the key and it would start directing you in this tree to whatever division, and you're right. You end up talking to a guy who's actually writing the technical service bulletin yeah. for this problem you're calling in about. So wow.
2: it's it's still the similar concept to this day. Uh, we don't need to talk about you know yeah. the corporate intertwinings and workings, but um, the concept's still there, and it still very much can get those answers. However, for me in my career, though, that started off as TechLine. You become you you work your way up through the ranks of
1: into a product engineer. So if you show up, and I'm I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back and forth on yeah, this, but. Okay. Um, So you're sitting there at the other end of the phone line, and you're answering questions of technicians. I mean, are you getting your hands dirty at that point when you're at Toyota? So what are you doing? that was
2: another cool thing is, um, hey, Mr. Technician, um, I don't have your answer right now, but I do have a 2003 Lexus ES330 I can go look at after lunch. I'm going to go take a look at that car. Or there's one in the shop right now, my wireless headset. Let's go look at it together. Or boom, it was before online information. And I got the repair manual right here. What am I looking at? So, um, and then also I had access at the time, and they still do, had access to the warranty parts return stuff. We could talk to the, we could go look and touch these parts. So we were fixing cars nationally while they were fixing it right there in their bay. I got the opportunity to still use my technician background because I was a dealership technician through college, and I was an independent technician through college. And even before college, I was a technician. So I still got to get my hands dirty per se, but then still learn the, the ways of the corporate and engineering side at the same time. And, again, as, you, as I went through my career and learned different avenues, um, there's so many different facets of this business that's just fascinating on the technical side. Not every engineer is some cool design engineer that's a Harley Earl right. or an Elon Musk. Um, there's dudes that do nothing but do mileage testing on a test track. All day long. <laughs>
0: right.
2: And they got the similar background as me. That's just the avenue they chose. And that's cool. Yeah. I got to earn my test track driver's license through this job. I can, I'm can i certified in a multitude of different test tracks across the nation. That's pretty cool for a 20-some-year-old guy. Yeah, yeah um, right on. I'm not 27 anymore. But um, <laughs> but it's cool. What I'm trying to convey is just because you have the opportunity to go work on a tech line, oh, no, no, man, that's a door opener. Is it still the
1: same now? Or is it more electronic?
2: It's it's a lot more electronic, yeah. um, and it's a lot more corporate. Um, they are somewhat contracted now yeah. within our company, but the avenues and the um, opportunities are still there. I'm not at headquarters anymore, yeah. so I can't speak completely. But um, I've met folks that started on the tech line only a few years ago that have you know doing the same job as me now. So the the same you can make your own career path in this industry.
0: Hmm. So. Is there a lot more self-service, too, as far as the same kind of uh, questions or, or things you would help facilitate years ago? Is there a little bit more of that that's available to people online? You mean Google? Yes, there I hate is. I to yes. say Google.
2: If you're not using Google, you're an idiot. If you're not using YouTube, you're an idiot. As long as you know what you're looking at, you still have to be educated.
1: Well, I think even, even the tech tips sections and the service bulletins now are benefited by the fact that mm-hmm. data comes in so fast. It does. You guys can write... So many more bulletins now than you could probably 20 years ago. We are doing it incredibly fast and in multitudes
2: of information. I mean, our numbers of every car manufacturer's numbers of car sales alone dictates that. Mm -hmm. Units in operation, we call it. There's so much more, so many more cars on the road, and they're out there so much longer. So we're watching these cars longer, too. So the, 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 the service support side of this business, obviously I'm with Toyota, but doesn't matter what car manufacturer you're in. It's huge, and it's multifaceted, and there's so many avenues, like Google. So um, you best believe we watch the chat boards. I watch the chat boards
1: myself personally. <laughs> there was um, a yeah. si- sidebar. There was a Facebook group years ago. It was Toyota Technicians, and uh, I don't remember what. it Was it just a Toyota Technicians I group? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, anyway, I, we can let this out of the bag. I mean... I got on that group because I work at Toyota, but I wasn't a technician, so it threw me out. Mm-hmm. And there were there were plants <laughs> at corporate who were in there reading stuff, and and so guys were like sharing stuff back and forth. Well, you got to be careful because corporate sees all this stuff too. I mean, yeah, we read stuff. You know, there's some
2: really neat stories um, about how um, manufacturers will through watching these chat boards. We the, the internet's not that private right nothing's private <laughs> yeah so, nothing online is private yeah so we'll take your product issue that you're chirping about on the internet investigate it privately or with you sure so in one facet or another so there's
0: there's, there's
1: incidents where corporate showed up with somebody you know who, who posted something like that absolutely yeah. that's hilarious well and then uh,
0: nothing like you said nothing's private anymore nothing's uh, even if you have your Privacy settings and stuff like that. Your your name follows you everywhere, mm-hmm. and and uh, it's for like, good or for it's, better. It's for like worse. if you talk
2: about your horrible airline trip, you yeah. know, if somebody's probably going to call you if yeah. you chirp loud enough, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're looking for every advantage every car manufacturer is, and yes, um, from the shop floor to people way above me in engineering, we are googling stuff. Rest assured. And
1: it's not uncommon for your own technicians, Eric, to call me, and I will say, did you Google it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the first thing I do anymore. I mean, the guys are like this or that. I'm like, did you check? I mean, oh, we had some seized control arm bushings there. I'm like, let's Google this because there's yeah. got to be a better way. You know, yeah. and, and so we, we got some ideas. But, yeah, it, there's people doing things all over the place, and the technology moves so fast that if somebody has a better idea yesterday, today i might even be reading about it exactly yeah.
2: that's why i said if you're not googling it you're you're an idiot cuz cuz it is literally moving that fast yeah. um, we're making our corporate decisions at our own pace in our own way for our own reasons but uh, you as a consumer if you can google it and find a better answer for you be my guest sure yeah. Yeah.
1: so how do you go from phone bank to like feet on the ground i mean is that is that a big jump or um, some people, depending on the
2: industry or, um, car company, even, um, it might be looked at as a backward step. You know, some people want to work their way up into management Man? corporate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that opportunity is still presented to every Toyota employee. Um, I think a lot of car companies are that way. They're very progressive these days. They have to be. Um, so I, would Never had a door shut on me ever in this company. But I chose this path. Um, I really like being out in the field. I really like visiting dealers. I do like driving. I could have been a truck driver. <laughs> I don't mind traveling around. It does get monotonous from time to time and some treacherous times in the wintertime.
1: Oh, yeah. He's covering uh,
0: western, southern Illinois. I mean, yeah, yeah, how, how big is your coverage area?
2: That's right a good right now,
1: Eric pretty much hit
2: it. Um, I'm western Illinois. Okay. Pretty much the western half of Illinois. We chop it up a little bit to our own benefit. I cover some of the Chicago suburbs and a little bit of the city right now, Metro
0: Chicago. Gotcha.
2: But I've covered Minneapolis. I've covered Indianapolis, Greater Metro area. I've uh, I st- actually started in the field uh, in the San Francisco regional office. Um, my first district was Napa Valley. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, the first time they gave me keys to a demo to go visit dealers. Yeah. Yeah, I had to drive through Napa Valley. And then, oh, yeah, you got those other dealers way up the top of the state, Humboldt County. I had to drive the Redwood Forest to get to work. So, so like, 150, yeah. 200 miles? Yeah. yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Sierra Nevadas, there's a couple of dealers up there. And Beautiful they still country. came back. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it's, no, that's the, this, the kind of job. I, I, I liked it. Uh, it. To me, it was really fitting. Some people don't like that kind of travel or that kind of, you know, upfront you know, but I deal with dealership owners, Service managers technicians, customers I hit everybody at nice. the store.
1: how long have you been doing that job FTS? i've been
2: uh I've been a field technical specialist for brr,
1: a little over ten years now okay so nine yeah. years uh nine years it- nine years in the big house yep that's a long time in a phone bank or sitting, sitting yeah a well phone. that's how we started
2: um yeah. by the time I was done or ready to move out of there i had um i had moved through various departments to the um, body quality department, the the powertrain department, the electrical department. I spent a long time working on special service tools, which to me sounded like a a death sentence. Like, really? It does kind of. I'm in charge of O2 sensors? Yeah. Yeah. Sensor wrenches? Yeah. O2 sensor wrenches? It's pretty cool. It's really named, yeah. (laughs) I'm responsible for your big red
0: toolboxes. Are you? No, I am. Were you there? Great. Were you
2: there? I was on the ground floor.
0: Oh man! Yeah. But those are those are the tools that make the jobs doable or shave time off, right? They're supposed yeah. to. Well, they're, yeah. they're the For tools. The you yeah. know, when you have something
1: that uh, can't be extracted, mm. you know, with any of your common tools, these are the things you got to have laying around. You yeah, yeah the, te- the technicians like to make fun of them, and and I get it, I get it. Get um, it? Yeah. But uh, you know, we
2: designed the car not to have that O2 sensor removed. Yeah, and we go oh, crap. No, we gotta get that O2 well, sensor. And, yeah, and no technician
1: <laughs> yeah. should have. I mean, I shouldn't have eight technicians in the shop who all had to buy this one
0: tool this that, the that they may yeah.
1: use once in five yeah. years. So. Yeah, economy
0: of um, scale. You can so you can share. That's just
2: one facet of uh, of the industry. Bosch, for example, as we know it from the power tools to your toaster to. Uh, the electrical systems, they are huge in the special service tool business. Hmm. So they're looking for guys with the same background as me, from the same upbringing as me in the industry. I, I have friends that graduated from college and went to go work for Bosch and SPX. Mm-hmm. To, and that's their, they're using their knowledge to make special service tools and to get uh, service information out there. Your, your ADP system. Um, your, your which is the, the De- deal, DMS DMS dealer management systems. Yep. They recruit guys from the same colleges as me with the same background. They want that automotive expertise. They need people that can walk into a dealership mm-hmm. and know what they're talking
0: about and go. Here's why this works this way. Makes sense. Yeah. And, and you're also more marketable the more versatile you are. I mean, if is there still part of you that that misses? turning wrenches every single day or do you get enough of that and the taste of that in the course of i get a taste of it i get enough of it every day to the point
2: where it virtually kills my hobby yeah you know, do what you love and you'll never work <laughs> and then you'll never have a hobby either um yes. so i do have a model a in my garage as we've mentioned on other podcasts if you listen before yeah. that's been evolving for 10 years mm-hmm. <laughs> Sure. because when i've moved three times with the company since i bought that car and um some days, after working on cars all day, even though I'm not necessarily coming home greasy and dirty like your technicians, Eric, mm-hmm. I'm done working on cars. For the yeah, day. you're like, yeah. I yeah. don't even yeah. want to think yeah. about this. Which well, is also the reason why I have a Model A with a carburetor and steel parts. And I think the right. hardest part,
1: right. you don't get back to you know, ruining your hobby, when he comes into my store, maybe he's come to two stores in a day, uh, and he's gotten hit from three different directions on just the weirdest stuff. Because a lot of guys in the shop just save really oddball stuff. You know, yeah. He came in today. I complained and railed on him about software updates. Uh, Another guy had a a wheel bearing noise that we've been seeking out for, for three weeks on a Prius. Um, And then somebody else could ask another stupid question. And so, so there's, there's three things that he didn't even, he didn't think about before he walked in our door. He went to another store, you know, I don't even know how you, your mind can rest. <laughs> Cause, just cause, because then when you're done here, I mean, don't you normally document this stuff too?
2: Yeah, I, I call it doing my homework. So yeah. I'll try to do it at the end of my day or the beginning of my day. I mean, there's product reports. There's uh, a variation of a contact report. There's there's I, I have to report back what I'm seeing. That's the one of the most integral parts of my job. I'm not just trying to calm down the customer or make Eric feel like he's doing a good job right. or helping a tech actually fix something. No, I'm I'm out there looking at real world situation stuff and sending it back up the flagpole. You know, we're we're going, "Hey, Mr. so and so had this audio problem that Eric showed me and I've never seen it before." And Eric's right. Um I'd like to joke with the technicians that I can't help you change that water pump. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to change that water pump. But if that water pump failed in one way that we've never seen it before, I will spend all day looking at that water pump mm-hmm. and tearing it apart and looking at how it failed and talking to engineers And seeing what they think. Is there anything else I should look at? Then maybe we might interview the customer. And what have their driving habits been? What's the service history? We will go so far down those rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. And that's what's exciting.
1: Um, it's like forensics, right? It's a little almost bit. like. You sometimes
2: know, this... it's me just taking a bunch of pictures and gathering a bunch of data and just handing it back to the engineers and going, I don't know. There yeah. you go. That,
1: that yeah. is half the fun of the job, even from my aspect, mm-hmm. uh, when you get a weird one. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, we can fix this, but I've never seen that before, you know, and just kind of. Yeah. And you get to dig into it and, and, and solve The wheel bearing
2: one today is yeah. definitely a one off. I mean, it schooled us uh, last month, and we came back yeah. at it again. and. Uh, we have some ideas. You know, we made our first repair attempt based off of information that I had statistically. Um, nothing that we've ever seen. Mm. Stuff that we heard about. Yeah, you know, yeah. Stuff that oh, say this could and, cause this and, problem.
1: Uh An hour of test driving with me and the technician. Yeah. 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 And lots of,
2: hmm, what do you think? Hmm, what do you think? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then today
2: we put some science behind those theories, and yeah.
1: we'll see if we can prove it tomorrow. Yeah, we still have to do the repair and yeah. hope that that fixes if it. You know, anyway, that's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. But, th- but, but, like this, you're saying, but this is a job. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and, and that stuff that you're documenting, all the data you're providing is yeah. going to get, like you said, sent up the flagpole. Somebody, mm-hmm. an engineer, somebody's going to look at that and be like, yeah, we had another case like that in Kansas City yeah. or we had another one in Miami exactly. and a couple years ago. Maybe we need to revise the design of the replacement part.
2: Or it's as simple as we've had three of those and boom, that's all you needed to do. Yeah. Yeah, that too. So
1: yeah. part of your job also is dealing with the customer. Like mm-hmm. today, the customer of the Prius, we, you know, you've know, you had to talk to them and Uh, Sometimes, I mean, obviously, if a customer is in our shop and they have a problem with their car, they're not generally happy. Um, Is is there any conversation about bedside manner? Do you get any training about that? (laughs) Actually, we do. Um,
2: That's a great question. Um, Again, uh, I'm very lucky that I work for the company that I do because they do care about that. Um, They are interested in our bedside manner, not just from me as the tech guy talking to customers, but... From our other field reps, um, we have to have a bedside manner with even you, Eric. Yeah, well, oh. um, that makes me feel better. You know? Even if I go crazy on them, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, we're gonna go. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But um, I, I spent 15 minutes in the insurance industry, and I learned really quick how much people care about their cars, and it's scary how yeah. much people in the United States rely on their vehicles. I could. That's another podcast, it's a whole other story. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the important thing is to be able to appreciate that. Because if if their check engine light's on uh, and the car's in limp mode, they're not going to work that day. Their whole world collapses. Yeah. And then after they finally get it to the dealership, however means that is, if the dealership, God bless them, is nice enough to have it towed or whatever, um, they're just beginning the saga. Because that's their second largest purchase of their life, is that vehicle, mm-hmm. next to the house. If they Good don't point. own a house, it's their biggest purchase. Prod, or purchase, and in the United States, it's also a status
1: symbol. It's really, really important. So, although a guy like Daryl, I have laptops maybe more expensive than some of his cars.
2: Yeah, so I'm just, yeah, you know, well, that's just, true. Just that little levity here. Status
0: symbol. <laughs> that's true.
2: But um, and they not they can't all fix their cars by themselves, Eric. <laughs> right. But anyway, um, so anyway, um, we're not trying to upsell them. I'm not trying to delay their repair. I'm not trying to gather a whole bunch of data for my and my company's benefit. I legitimately and my company does legitimately want their car back on the road as fast and safely as possible. Sure. Um if we get information out of it, that's our benefit. And we're gonna do our damnedest to get what we need. However, no, we do care. And we want you to keep coming back. We want you to keep coming seeing Eric. We
1: want you to keep coming back to buy new cars, used cars, whatever. We- the, the fraction of, of customers, and I don't know how it is at other stores, but in my store, um, you know, the amount of customers that have to see an FTS for repair procedure is one or two every two. I mean, maybe one every two months.
2: Right after I introduce myself, I apologize
0: that they even know that I exist. Yeah. Because that's usually pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> if they, they, if they, they
1: met me. Yeah, that means something's pretty bad with
0: the car. So yeah. yeah. Well, well, let me ask this: uh, When do you step in? Like, how, how, quote unquote, bad, or, or like, yeah. what circumstance do you have to be like, uh, guys? I got this. I'll take it kind of from yeah. here.
2: Without diving too far into our own processes, um, there's so many different facets. Um, our field technical job covers everything from uh, liability investigations to. Just the casual, oh, Eric said you had a radio problem. What's Mm -hmm. going on? And everything in between. Um, Now, to get involved, you know, um, my primary function is to go to the technicians. Um, So the way we're set up is designed to work with the technicians first. Once they reach a certain struggle point, I step in. Um, It's supposed to start with a technical assistance hotline. Um, We encourage the technical assistance hotline more than ever, if not for just pure documentation, but for actual assistance. Um, if it gets beyond that then they 'll they' 'll let me know okay. but part of my job too is also set up a rapport with my dealers to make sure that those technicians know they can call me whenever they want i 'm not going to talk to Johnny Lubechop you know every time he gives me a call <laughs>
0: right, but
2: um I will talk to your master tech every time he calls
1: yeah, yeah. well and that's also part of your bedside manner, knowing you know what you're dealing with. I mean, yeah. I, I can guarantee you there's a million different versions of tech that you talk to in all these different shops. Oh, yeah, so,
2: and yeah. there's so many different personalities. Oh, yeah. And I, I truly do love them all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Variety is the spice of life. Yeah, and it goes back to what I said at the beginning about my high school shop teacher and, and working with the crotchety old techs in my first dealerships and shop experiences. Man, they had so much to teach me. Yeah. In so many different ways. And it wasn't just how to turn a wrench uh, or how to fix a car. It was how to deal with a customer or a service manager or a dealership owner. It's like life lessons, right? Yeah. Like how to deal with
0: different personalities, people, and their whatever they bring to the table. Yeah. You know,
2: listen. A lot of listening and uh, hearing what they're saying and taking a step back and saying, okay, I got something for you.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't happen here, but I've seen these situations before where. The owner of the dealership's friend has a problem with their car, or something like that. You know, and it's <laughs> your it's happens. your job to that get that straight. I mean, the politics that he's got to weed through sometimes. Oh yeah, is, yeah the poli- there's
2: politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah like any other yeah, uh, career. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not. That it, it gets much
0: back
1: sure. to that second largest purchase. People have a lot invested mentally and emotionally, and yeah. uh, and it's just you you don't want to make them feel bad about their purchase, and you want, you want to make sure they feel like they got the best product. So
2: yeah, and there there is the occasional customer where maybe we're not a good fit. Um, And that happens all the time, and everybody's got um, access to certain laws in their state. Yeah, but um, Doesn't happen often. Does not happen often,
1: no. And we will do our damnedest to not go there. Yeah, no, I've seen that. I've witnessed it. So one of the things you do also is is you deal with training with my techs. Yes. Uh, And and it's his job, not really his job, but he's on top and monitoring, make sure my guys do their ASC testing. They make sure that they uh, do their corporate training testing and make sure that the technicians in the shop are actually qualified to do the job. So a lot of times, recalls demand,
0: you have to have special skills. Does it all fall under, like, continuing education for, for yeah. your techs?
2: Yeah, um, it's an industry-wide thing. Okay. Um, so every manufacturer has this, and varying levels. Um, some, are, uh, uh, some have continuing education, some you can get to a certain point and stop. We have different levels of technician certification, if you will, for our manufacturer. And um, from basic maintenance, as we call it, all the way up to um, master diagnostic technician. That takes five years to achieve. Uh, You have to have actual time under your belt. Not to mention the classes and e-learnings, as we call them, online trainings and whatnot. Um, So we're constantly, like Eric said, uh, monitoring that. If not just from the basic level of, hey, Eric, Jim Bob needs these classes. And then going to Jim Bob and saying, hey, dude, uh, you need to... If, yeah. if you want to keep moving forward, here you go.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, to me, going to Eric, uh, I'm using you as yeah, sure. the I'm, arbitrary I'm, yeah. service manager. Um, hey, you you got to meet these requirements, man, and such and such is slipping, or here's the next level we're going to go to. So um, we're constantly, I wouldn't say necessarily pushing the service managers or the dealers to do that. They're They're,
0: they're under the gun themselves. We're just letting them know what they need. And it's probably it makes them more marketable. It, it, it's incentivizing for them in some ways, right? You'd
1: like to think that, and you'd like to yeah. project that onto the technicians that way. But a lot of them just think of it as just a nuisance. They know everything, yeah. so it yeah. seems yeah,
2: it seems like a pain in the ass. It seems <laughs> like it. And I sometimes
0: am guilty of talking to them in that way. Yeah, yeah. But things roll out new models, new tech.
1: Yeah, that's just the,
0: look back yeah. at the last five, ten years. The, yeah. the amount of tech that's been. Not only put into cars but then has evolved since then. It's, it's incredible. It's just a, as a bystander. It's
2: the the evolution in the short nineteen years I've been with this company has been in unfathomable. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. I would have never guessed we would be where we are today in this amount of time. We're talking about autonomous cars for crying out loud. We live in the future, man. Very yeah. real. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean I remember when a 6 to CD changer was the you know top of the line digital dashboards, right? you know Yeah and, the automatic climate control OBD2 Crazy. computer Crazy. systems
1: that was yeah. oh, look yeah, at this Yeah dual zone climate yeah. was yeah, that's only like uh, 10 years ago Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so we've gone so fast so far so fast that it's it's so hard to keep technicians up one is the training has gotten more intense Um, and so many different levels of it. Uh, We just launched the Supra. Everybody knows that. We've joint ventured that with BMW. Everybody knows that. That's a whole new level of tech training for our technicians. The BMW Texas old hat, Toyota Way, it's a lot different, but it's also... Gonna be the way of the future, and that's what I'm telling the technicians that are doing it. It's not the way of the future because BMW is doing it right. It's the way of the future because the companies are working together now. Oh yeah. Uh, it's the way of the future because we now are stepping into guided diagnostics. Um, there's so many different. Well, levels. I mean,
1: and I mean, just for our manufacturer, I'm sure it's others. I mean, Toyota married up with Mazda on battery technology. Yeah. They bought out Suzuki's financial arm, so uh, they're gonna be married in with them. They bought more into Fuji-heavy industry, so that means more Subaru uh, cross-marriages with Toyota. So you, you can mock all you want, yeah. you know, that this is that, a, a merge of these two cars. Every manufacturer is going to see that there's not an advantage to having all of their money doing these things that they can kind of marry with other companies. And,
2: again, that's the way of the future. If yeah. you if you think for a second that your door handle was invented by your car company, yeah. you're wrong. <laughs> um, because... There's engineering companies that are building those door latch mechanisms, and we're buying them in bulk, okay? Yeah. Uh, the radios, the same way. So the, the the car company, the car business is so huge. The, the 10% of the United States works for the automotive industry, either directly or indirectly. That's a fact. So whether you know it or not, um, you're probably working for the auto manufacturers. My cousin, he works for a blow molding company. They make molds for... Plastic mold injection. Uh, we were talking a couple Christmases ago, and lo and behold, he's making the f- the uh, radio bezels for a Corolla. Huh, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. He doesn't care
0: what they're for. Yeah.
2: Nobody ever told him what they were for. Yeah. He
0: found out later. And it's important because when, when you know a little bit more about where things come from and how everything is tied together, the the notion of brand loyalty – the notion of, like, I'm a Chevy guy. Well, yeah. really? Cool. That's, you know, that motor that's in your Chevy was made by Honda. But that's yeah. cool. Like, <laughs> we're all in this together, whether yeah. we like it or not, When well, you want to admit. It doesn't matter. As long as people are employed with either the manufacturer the sales service, uh, it, it, it matters that everybody uh, has a little bit of skin in the game. And everybody is able to uh, maybe make a little bit of a living off of it. Yeah. Uh, let me ask, as far as things changing and evolving, let's talk about when it comes to parts- delivery parts supplies i mean i remember as a kid going into the chevy dealer and my dad be like hey i need this piece for a 1973 chevy caprice or something it's like oh yeah we got one in the back mm-hmm. parts guy would come out blow some dust off it there you go it's seven bucks nowadays it seems like uh, i was at uftrain chevrolet looking for something a couple a uh, couple months ago and it was like yeah we don't have that nobody in the warehouse has that like I have to order it from some other dealer and do a transfer, and it'll be here in two weeks. That's, that's that. our fault. Well, what's going? Like, well, that was that output shaft seal, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the tail yeah, shaft yeah, thing. Yeah. What was the deal with having a whole bunch of parts at your disposal in a in a parts room? I know there's a lot of money sitting in inventory mm-hmm. that may or may not get used. I, I, but I, what was wrong with having stuff available readily?
1: Well, I, yeah, I, Eric I can probably answer that better yeah, than I can. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, here, here's. It's the law and demand, uh, supply and demand. When I was in uh, Moab a couple of years ago, we had that breakdown, of the upper control arm. Yeah, and I ended up in uh, Western Western Hill Toyota, wherever it was. We asked for that part, and they they said, "Well, the parts supply house is in Dallas, and uh, we can't get that part for three days." Well, if you're stocking for three days out, you you change your whole supply chain. You, you change what you warehouse. Whereas in this region here, I'm I'm literally order by three o'clock the day before and you'll have to part the next day okay so it makes a lot easier to know, to keep parts on the shelf for you know what you need today and then we'll order everything by next day so that that's where that comes from and and honestly the toyota warehouse system is so strong even if something's sitting in ohio you can have it next day Mm -hmm. okay so that's the logic why as long as it's
2: not stuck in a container ship in the ocean we can probably get it to you the next day yeah Yeah.
1: okay (laughs) fair enough yeah so i and i think the dealers realize hey you know we we talked about floor plan with Mr. Barris. Uh, you're paying interest on in all those parts that are on the shelf. So if you can get an unusual part next day, you know, why wouldn't you let the manufacturer hold on to that for you? Mm-hmm.
0: It makes sense. It makes sense. I just uh, does, that, does that translate into, you know, cars coming in for service and like, oh, you're going to have to sit and wait a couple of days? or Yeah,
2: and that's getting worse, um, the weight part yeah um, and I shouldn't say worse it's just kind of more of the way it is.
0: it's kind of expected, yeah, yeah, because
2: we're not really prepared to change out in the field these days. A lot of it is we we look at trends, we watch to see what's moving. And we stock accordingly. And that's the way
1: our software works. Yeah. Our, our software sees so many repairs in a year. You move so many parts. So mm-hmm. let's just say you moved 12 wheel bearings over the last 12 months. Yeah. Ideally, that means you would have one of those on the shelf at any given moment of that part number. Exactly. Ready but, to roll. Yeah, but obsolescence is going to show. Eventually, that model is not going to become popular. It's going to drift out. And then the computer system should start yeah. phasing that
0: out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is there a set uh, set amount of years? I remember reading somewhere a while ago, it was like 10 years after ten years, you don't really have to stock the stuff, or mm. well, c- I
1: think that was for manufacturers had to produce the part or something like that. Is yeah, that there's that varying
0: laws. Are
2: there? Uh, yeah. In so, terms of after,
0: like after the model year support. Yeah, and
2: then you get exactly, and then you get into different supports of warranty bases, and then God forbid a recall type situation. Yeah. So yeah, sure, there's sure. there's all different levels and yeah, facets late, of that. The industry's changed a lot. Late '80s and early
1: '90s Toyota parts, like especially trim parts. Yeah. If you see like one or two of them sitting in the country
0: of a car you have. sometimes
1: you're just better off to buy
2: (laughs) for any manufacturers not just toyota yeah
0: yeah. i'm just saying in my experience (laughs) working with toyota yeah Oh, i remember when i had my mustang cobra the rear brake hardware like for for the calipers and all that stuff like that i remember going to finish line Ford, and i'm like yeah my stuff's all kind of rusted and bent up i'm gonna get some new one and and the guy's like there's one in the country and at that point (laughs) the car was i think 11 12 years old i mean it was old but i said what do you mean they made that same setup from like 94 to 98 like it's it's the same. No, there's one in the country. Do you want it? And I'm like, "Well, how much is it?" And I did the same thing. It was ridiculous, <laughs> and I ordered it and I picked it up in 2 days. Yeah. And I was glad I got it because people from from that point on were like, I don't know what you're going to yeah. do. Yeah. Cobble your used pieces together, I guess. Rebuild them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, getting back to the technician training aspect, um w- I mean, I bring technicians up through vocational school, mm-hmm. through whether it's a high school or whether it's ICC and stuff like that. Uh, and even ITT, I think, is having a career day. We were talking about in November.
2: Yeah, yeah we're having a, a career day for Toyota specifically at ITT up in uh, the, the Lyle area of Chicago, a uh, suburb of Aurora or one of the suburbs of Chicago by Aurora. Uh, and, yeah, so we're inviting our service managers up to let them know that, hey, we're, you know, I'm not trying to do an advertisement here, but I am. Um, that ITT has a Toyota t program, and we only have a few of those in the
0: nation. What's that stand for? Is it uh, Toyota?
2: Um, I forgot. Put me on the spot. Sorry, I it's t- but it's T10. Yeah, T10 is also but uh, Toyota Technical Education Network. Gotcha. Okay. So um, basically, we're trying to show, hey, look, uh, we only have a few of these in the nation. Uh, not all these students are from the Chicago area. Some of them might actually want to come live in Pekin. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know. Does that fit Eric's need right now? I don't know. But we want to show that off to the dealers in the surrounding area that can get there at that time. Um, but we're not the only ones doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't even I don't know what the GM program
1: is called. It's like ASIS or something. ASAP. A-something.
0: Yeah. Uh, A's, uh, yeah, 48
1: knows. Todd yeah. knows. Um, yeah, so, I mean, different schools probably specialize in certain manufacturers.
2: But what you're getting at, uh, the clear fact here, is that the competition is stiff, especially at the manufacturer level. Um, there's lots of articles out there about the technician shortage and things like that. That's the buzzword, right? Yeah, now. it yeah. is the buzzword. And it was when I was starting out, too. Was it? Because
1: I, I, I feel like the last year that's really kicking up dust all over yeah, the
2: place. Yeah, it seems like it's definitely gotten heightened. I'll agree with you on that. But the competition is getting stuff amongst, stiff amongst manufacturers, and um, we're doing our best to support our dealer body with mm-hmm. spe- specified, specific education, manufacturer-based education. But that's not always the right answer, too. We're, we still need help from the grassroots level. Mm-hmm. We need help from our dealers. Um, we even have programs out there where we will offer certain opportunities to high schools and local community colleges to give them access to our stuff mm-hmm. um, to try to get there uh, at the lowest level, earliest level possible of uh, technicians' education at the high school level because if they're exposed to that manufacturer first, hey, man, I was a Chevy guy. Mm-hmm. Toyota came knocking first, though. Yeah. Um so uh, the, for, the the earlier we can get there, the better chance we got. And then we can also understand what they need because um, we can really go down a rabbit hole here real quick. But we were talking about it in the last, last segment um, that how you mentioned just briefly how clean the cars really stay when they come into a service shop. Yeah. It's not grease monkey stuff anymore, not yeah. even close. I spent half an hour talking to one of your technicians today about the latest technology that were of the software for the laptop for the supra that's all we talked about we didn't talk about turning one wrench granted he was washing down some brake pads with some brake cleaner yeah and doing a darn good job of that uh and getting quite greasy but uh we were talking about some some of our latest technical information and his next level of tech training he's excited about it he's pumped on it he can't wait to get it because he knows it's going to put him one little level up above his buddies in the shop (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's all about the uh, the peer, the, the one-upsmanship. <laughs> yeah. But
2: it's it's also a self-preservation, self-marketing, and he's got a long career ahead of him, and he's excited about it. And if we're not harnessing that, we're we got blinders on.
0: Encouraging. Them. Well, you're yeah. talking too about some of the the manufacturer training. Uh, we talked a little bit with Todd Forty Eight about that too uh about how gm is sponsoring some of the things at Mm -hmm. the at the community college level and tech centers is it kind of growing your own is that it would you do the manufacturers look at that as filling a need or is it hey maybe we have an opportunity to tailor some of these young eager energetic folks that's a great question um this goes back into my personal opinion here a little bit.
2: Um, so this is a little bit of a disclaimer. These are not exactly the views of oh, my company. The, but, the, the but, views expressed by Regan are not yeah. necessarily those of
1: cor- Twitter yeah. corporate. Yeah.
2: But um, there's a, I don't believe that we're on a talent shortage. Um, I think we have more talent than we ever have out there. This just looks like a crappy job. I mean, um, why would I come work at a car dealership or any shop for that matter unless that has got a cool YouTube channel or a cool Facebook page and it's working on the latest GTR, Supras, whatevers? Yeah. Um, why would I do anything other than that on cars when I can take the same amount of knowledge, the same amount of technical ability, and go get in the medical field? or go get in the aerospace field
0: which you also hear uh there's a nursing shortage there's a school teacher shortage there's There's,
1: i think there's a skilled labor shortage in general there is and we touched on
2: that uh with what my high school career was like and both of your guys' school. we had the shop classes and all that but do we do do we need them that much
0: we didn't talk about them i mean i'm sure all three of us probably went through a college bound curriculum Mm -hmm. where everybody's What are you going to do when you get to college? What are you going to do at yeah. college and meanwhile i 'm like uh, there 's a bunch of there 's a whole swath of the population of student body that 's like I could care less about that. I want to learn how to be the best mechanic. I want to learn how to be a welder I like woods I like i 'm like messing with electricity like there has to be, and, and we talk a lot about Mike Rowe. I oh, think he should get he's a He's doing credit.
2: wonderful things right now, yeah. yeah.
0: But there's other people who have been banging the drum for years about skilled labor, skilled trades, and whatever it is you want to do, get the education that's going to support something that you're going to be sustainable. You're going to be able to put a, food on the table yeah. for yeah. family. Not just uh, Todd Fortier was good about that, too. Not just the jobs that work on cars, that's cool. Are you going to be able to raise a family on that, have a home, and be mm-hmm. successful as a human being. You're going to be able to get up in the morning and go home at night and sleep. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that, that's important, too. A work-life
2: balance is very important, and that's one of the things that I like talking about nowadays with service managers. So forgive me, Eric, if I step out of bounds here a little bit. I'm but, waiting, I'm waiting <laughs> <to go. Yeah. laughs> But um, the work-life balance seems to be really important these days, and what that leads me to discussion-wise is the way our system is set up in the shop right now. The flat rate system is antiquated. Do we have a better alternative at the moment? No. Um, Would we like to explore something with our service managers? Absolutely. We don't have any better ideas than you guys do. But now is kind of the time to change because we need to get those young technicians, not just automotive technicians, those young technical minds into our store, and it's not going to be salary. It's not going to be flat rate. That isn't going to get them. A greasy shop isn't going to get them in it. But what what can we give them?
1: Well... uh you know the yeah, lifestyle, the the, yeah. The lifestyle. Yeah. Any more, they say that time off, and uh, like we can start and, with work-life balance. And, yeah, and 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 quality quality of quality environment. Work, yeah. yeah, that that means more to them than their paycheck is what they say in the surveys. That's Something what they like that. say.
2: Yeah, as you get a mortgage, that changes. Yeah, you know. But uh, but these are things that I think we need to be looking at these days. Um, does it mean we can make flat rate disappear overnight, or even in ten years? Probably not. Because
1: no, it's really the, the worst part about flat rate is is how we measure. Mm-hmm. What a technician can do,
2: yeah, of course. But yeah. if you can, for lack of a better term, invent or come up with a way in your store yeah. to measure your technician's productivity, um, then flat rate, you got to win in combination there mm-hmm. to start with. And again, I don't want to stereotype millennials, but we'll use that term. They're not interested so much as coming to be a, a, a technician as they are. What's it like to work for this store? This manufacturer of this company. They culture. Want, yeah, That's a, no. a culture. That's where I was going. Yeah.
1: I know you weren't going to like when I said that, no, Eric, because, but it's true. Because that drum's been beaten for about a year with the manufacturer too. And, but, yeah. but it's true. It doesn't matter. I mean, Caterpillar's culture, you know, yeah. our culture here at Toyota. Yeah, right. uh, when you go to a place and you interview and you talk to people, you know people work there, you know, you're learning about their culture, and that's what draws you to it. You know, there's some places that nobody wants to work at all because the culture sucks, mm-hmm. and, they, and they know that. So. Well, and you can
0: pick up on that in the yeah, interview. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, those are the things that
2: we try to help our stores identify. I like talking like this with my service managers because it's outside the box. We may get up and leave lunch or the meeting with no ideas or any better off, but at least we're thinking about it and we're talking about it. Yeah. And I think that's what the industry needs more than anything. If we can capture a couple, Technical individuals to come to our field and find out why they did that and harness them and hold them that's great. We have lots of dealerships experimenting with salary base and getting rid of trying to get rid of flat rate um, and incentivizing them in other ways, um, maybe even restructuring the dealership a little bit with does like your, your guys are really good with talking with customers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're right service and work on cars and just weird stuff, you know, is what hmm. we're talking Interesting about. Interesting concept.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think the biggest thing is when we look at uh, sex appeal, for lack of a better word, of the job, I mean, when kids are in high school and if they didn't go through vocational school but they're on a college prep, uh, do they even they even think that this – and you said 10% of our economy is based in this industry. I mean,
2: Directly or indirectly.
1: Yeah. So, you know, college grads aren't looking at this job as a uh, – an alternative. I don't think they're even looking at it as a realistic uh, lifestyle choice. No. So unfortunately, we end up, and I'm not dragging on the vocational schools, but sure. uh, but I mean this is the well we're drawn from. Yeah. So and I think the vocational schools are doing a better job. After going up to Power Day, up at ICC, and, and seeing what they're doing with the kids up there, and, and having 48 on here, and even what you're talking about, with ITT. I mean they're all raising their game, yeah. and I think I think they're doing everything they can to uh, to make these more attractive, but. But still, from the guy who didn't do it from high school on, it's not a glamorous, glamorous occupation choice, I don't think.
2: No, it's not. I mean, you, you're exactly right. Um, I, I've made the equation before that like the lube shop guys are like beggars at a grocery store. You, you expect a certain amount of turnover. Yeah. Some of them are going to grow up and manage the store, but <laughs> that's a pretty high attrition rate. Yeah. Um, but if you can – I got a store that has a, a kid working on a lube rack. He takes all of his e-learning, Eric. He's got everything that he needs done to move up. He's going to go be a lawyer. (laughs) Good for him. God bless him. He loves working on cars. He gets access to some of the coolest car information because he's a fan of this company. But he's going to go be a lawyer. How can we let that guy walk? How can we keep that guy?
1: Yeah, I mean, a corporate should look at that and go, hey, we could maybe implement this guy somewhere. We should. And and we have in the past. um, But...
2: But he's you got him first. Yeah. The service manager's got him. Yeah, the the dealership's got him.
1: What, what you guys are just going to let him walk? Well, I can't pay him. Well, just, so you just give up? The, I think the other thing it's uh, it's a progression too. I mean, yeah. some guys some guys grow faster than others, and there's opportunities that will open up s- spontaneously. Yeah, you know, for w- whatever reason, one guy will decide to move or something like that, and next thing you know, you got an open spot in your shop. You can't predict these things, and, and the worst part is if you have guys working on the lube or middle techs. And they look around. They see some guys who haven't moved in five or ten years. They are going to look at other opportunities, easy sure. to say. Yeah, sure. So th- this is, you know, you got to try and keep them happy. But sometimes it's not possible.
2: Yeah, I know. Sometimes it's not. And you're right. There's a certain amount of opportunity with a certain amount of guy, a certain amount of person. I don't mm-hmm. mean guy. And that's or exactly. gal. Yeah, or yeah. gal. But, um, uh, yeah, you need the middle technicians too, right? Yeah. Not everybody's an A star, no, no. and you can't afford to fill your shop with those kind of technicians anyway. And that's not the kind of work you have anyway. No, either, I would love for
1: everybody to progress to be top, mm-hmm. top notch, but I still need guys, you know, who can turn, change oil. Yep. yeah. You know, the world needs ditch diggers too, Danny. Is that, that I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well it, it, not, and not to equate, it. I'm not yeah. even saying that. No, you're certain, right. Yeah. You're right. Everybody's so, got to start somewhere, and we got to have some
0: true
2: we're at a we're at a unique time in the industry um it's not gonna fail Uh, we're not gonna run out of technicians do we have an enormous demand absolutely but you best be ready for a different breed of technician coming into your store and you best be ready to look outside the box is what i'm saying that kid that's going to law school changing oil man if you're just gonna let him walk at the end of the day without at least talking to him Mm -hmm. and seeing what you could have done to keep him man that's a huge learning opportunity for any store
1: I, I had a conversation I forty had me up at the last power day and I did a terrible speech but the the gesture was fine. Oh, it was terrible it was awful anyway <laughs> I didn't know what to I'd never been there for so I, I just walked into it cold and yeah, I was terrible hmm. anyway um the point of my conversation with the kids was uh you're learning brakes and tires and you're learning you know the basics of of the transmissions and overhauling engines and all that stuff right now but ten years from now the we're going to have this inflection point where electric cars are going to start taking over our, com- our internal combustion engines. And, and here's the thing. I know you've been trained. I know you've gone through the process. I know you did a four-year at SIU, or I know you did ITT. Mm-hmm. And that's very valuable, and I'm glad you learned how to do all that stuff. But what's more valuable to me is knowing that I know that you have the ability to learn. You've been in an yes, education. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And and so I know that you have the capacity. I know that you can deal with an instruction. So ideally, to me, that means you're going to be ready to change when the market changes. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I hope when I get somebody from a place like that. Yeah.
2: I mean, you ideally want a student of the industry, right? I mean, everybody does. Yeah. You want to count, continuously look forward. You don't want to be blindsided when the next New radio infotainment system comes out. All yeah. oh, well, the guys go, "Oh God, yeah, can't oh, do no, this." Yeah. More yeah. Bluetooth yeah. problems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said, I "One mean, more of these, I'm done." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're all guilty of that uh, at this level. But, but no, there is going to be that. That is going to come. And if you're not somewhat excited about it and willing to take on the challenge, then then yeah, this business isn't for you. But it is
1: actually really that exciting. It really no, is no. really A- fascinating. Every day I at. come to work, even though I'm complaining about the tunes on these FRSs I'm dealing. With, I'm learning so much, and I get kind of excited about it. And even when we were talking, like I said, mm-hmm. about the software update on the, the radio, I walked through it. I, you know, I, I was very patient. I was frustrated. But you know what? There's nothing I'd rather be doing. I, I, I really enjoy it. Sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, I love these crazy problems
2: and these crazy customer issues and these crazy dealership problems. I, I love it. My palms get sweaty when I park outside your dealership right before I walk in. <laughs> I really do get... Little nervous, and anxious. anxiety, yeah, yeah. No, it's the, just our I, store. I do get a little bit of no, it's every store because, <laughs> like you said at the beginning, uh, maybe I'm wrapping this up a little bit, but um, the excitement is there, yeah. it is awesome to me. Some days it's just crap days, yeah, some days it's horrible, and some days you just get your ass handed. Yeah, there's to some, you. I, we left here the other day, it was
1: about a week ago, and Janice, she's fairly new, and Colin. He's fairly new, and I'm like, well, today was a banner day. It was a red-letter day. Just yeah. just go home and go to bed and don't think about but it. there's other
2: yeah. days you're king of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And you yeah. learned some new stuff, and, yeah. man, we saw the latest and greatest of this technology, yeah. and we heard about the future of this, and I can't wait to see this coming out in January.
1: Oh, There's yeah. not too many industries where you get to do and every that. Every time the transport pulls up with the new model year stuff, you know we're all out there looking oh, yeah. at it and you know, walking around and say, oh, yeah, look at this. This is all cool. I've been that
2: guy that got to bring that first edition the first time that dealer ever saw that whatever car, yeah. drive it right in the shop, get out. Toss somebody the keys and go watch everybody look at that car.
1: And that, that is that is awesome. And to me, that was a 97 Camry that got me excited. When that first, when that body uh, style came out, like, oh, my God, look at this thing. You know? you know, the 2018 Camry. And I stood back
2: and I elbowed one of the crabby old techs that I really, really love talking to. And I said,
0: we're getting excited over a Camry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I know. That's pretty cool. <laughs> was, I,
0: I, I can <laughs> completely understand that because everybody has that frame of reference, what they came up with or yeah. what they got trained up on or what, they, what they're really good at. Yeah. And then something comes along two, three years later, it's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's good because you mentioned, I mean, both of you were talking about the being agile mm-hmm. and having the techs and the people that can kind of say like, all right, cool, this is a challenge. I'm going to learn this. Mm-hmm. And then you got the others who are like, I'm going to learn it, but I'm not going to like it. Yeah. And I'm going to complain every day I, <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> I have to oh, do it.
1: You would have the mental toolbox.
0: Yeah. yeah, and
2: there's other guys that don't want to learn it. But they like cars like okay, you get to change tires. Yeah. The yeah, sad
1: the saddest part to me about this job is the guys who are basically writing it out because they they think that they've gotten to a point where they don't have to learn anymore and they're gonna retire soon enough that they can just kind of mail it in. And I'm just like, you guys are missing out on, on so much that's happening right that's now. A, yeah.
2: I don't know if we have time, but that's a whole other facet that I talk to service managers about is letting that information walk, letting that experience go. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we're helping to try to change and foster to look at is putting in, uh, for lack of a better term, a quality guy in your store. That guy that, that knees doesn't work anymore, that elbows are blown out, that back is busted – He's got more knowledge in his little pinky than half your shop. You can't just let that walk. No. Uh, Maybe his retirement is up, and okay, fine, you can't stop him. But in the meantime, what else can we find to do with that guy? Maybe he manages the lube rack. Maybe he's your quality inspector. Maybe he's uh, the driver for the used car auction cars on (laughs) Tuesdays and Thursdays, but he just hangs out and drinks coffee the rest of the time. I don't know. But that's a whole nother level of this business that we can't turn our back on either.
1: Yeah. No, there's a lot of value there. I mean, and we joke a lot about some of the guys back there only work on the old cars. Mm-hmm. But thank God for those guys. Yeah. Somebody's got to. Right oh, now. yeah. Yeah, because uh, that, that skill set isn't necessarily come up. And, and, you know, cars that are 20 and 30 years old, uh, they aren't on the radar for kids coming up. And even at, at training and, and even the best trainers aren't going to make these kids – Uh, understand how you know the egr works in a a 97 car or something like that you just and from mm -hmm. a business
2: sense there's not time or money in it
1: there isn't yeah yeah so you got you rely on on basically what this these other guys have have done their whole life Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so
2: so yeah again that's that's the flip side of the recruitment coin is the is the old information coin like i said is it time to put shop foremans in you know, things like that. It's just a, another way to look at it outside the box. Keep that information flowing. Get it passed down. Keep the next generation excited. And make sure you're using what the next generation is bringing to the table. Uh, that's that's really the challenge right now. So are you excited about it? Are you excited about the future? I actually am. It doesn't sound like it all the time. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. I think what you and me are going to get to see through the rest of our career is going to blow our minds. Just the little things I know that are coming from our car company and the things you guys talk about on your podcast that are fun to maybe pick on a little bit. But these are the no, game changers. These I'm are the the, these are like the disruptors, as much as I hate to use that word, but it's legit. Rivian, Tesla, yeah. uh, whatever the hell um, – it's going through, Goshen. yeah. I read
0: for goose Guzan going, yeah. But that's
1: all
2: part of the industry changing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. to be here on this is, uh, we're going to step back at the end of our career and go, man, that was that was nuts, the, the stuff we saw. Yeah, it's true. but what's
1: crazy, it's, I just don't ever see it slowing down. There's not going to be a point. I no, think, it's not. No, and I think uh, an electric, I think is only going to make it crazier.
2: Electric, um, hydrogen's still there. We, you still, you we la- we're, we're launching a brand new hydrogen vehicle. We in, redesigned in the, the Mirai. States? Yeah. Okay. we It's second generation already. So we're not giving of, up on that.
0: I feel like the, that's a bigger thing out west. Well, it's yeah, a that's infrastructure. A, once again, that's another podcast topic. Yeah. 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 But um, um, but there's, there's, there's some change.
2: There's lots of change. Yeah. There's so much industry stuff happening. And. The thing that's really exciting me, one of the little things, just to touch on it again, and again, it's from your guys' podcast, is um, Rivian, for example. When was the last time we had startup car companies?
1: Yeah, it's been, Daryl knows. I like, mean, pro- Yeah, probably like right before World War II. That are slightly successful. Yeah. Tesla yeah. pulled it off. Right.
2: Um, they're using an old Corolla factory. Right. And they supposedly outgrew it? That's a good, another topic. <laughs> but But Rivian's... They're about to launch. Same thing. I keep mentioning them. Well, Um, we're still
1: waiting for a car to roll out of there. But but
2: it's going to happen. The electric bike thing is taking off pretty big. And the motorcycles. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's what I meant, the electric motorcycles. Um, So, yeah, again, we're actually watching car companies start up in our generation. That's fascinating to me. And,
0: And they don't need to be part of the big three no. or part of a bigger, bigger group. Because it's- they
2: have access to the technology. They have access to the infrastructure to move a product. They have access to people.
0: And capital. And, yes. and Alibaba capital. for all the parts they need. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's interesting to see. I think it's a very good point. And besides just being at, at, at the cusp of all things changing and evolving, uh, we're seeing some really fundamental shifts in how businesses Car automotive businesses are, are starting up. Yeah, it's
2: it's going to change. And rest
0: assured, to mark
2: one of my boss's little words uh, or phrases, that uh, the day Amazon sells a car, you better be ready to change. Oh yeah,
1: all bets are off. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, coming. Yeah. When it's, I can yeah. do when I can do one click, uh, it'll be yeah. at your house in two days. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. it doesn't have to be Amazon. It could be Walmart. It could be any of those 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 companies but it's right there i mean if you don't see it (laughs) come on and uh yeah it's going to be exciting so whether you're on the wave or not so to wrap this up uh
1: good career decision i couldn't be happier yeah
2: yeah i mean um i was told early in my career that i'll probably switch um companies two to three times
1: and that's not uncommon it's not uncommon
2: here i am 19 years later No, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky in my career. Um, I've had some challenges and I've made my own inroads all at the same time. I've, uh, I've created my own challenges, but at the same time I wouldn't change a thing. I'm, I'm, I love doing what I do. I love working with the people I work with. Um, I, uh, yeah, I could I could go on for a long time about how happy I am, and even though I come into your store and you know act like this sometimes, and golly gee whiz, and here's yeah, whatever, this other crap, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I do I do really really enjoy it, and I would I would do it again, the same career path, absolutely. No, I, I would talk anybody's leg off about it, and that's pretty obvious, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, uh, well, I'm thankful I have you for my field technical oh, specialist. Thank you very yeah. much. I, I no, think uh, honestly, wow. when uh, Regan and I talked about the podcast a long time ago, way back episode four, he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." Uh, I'm like. You know, there's some kindred spirit in there somewhere because we're on the same wave- wavelength on some of this stuff. So, yeah, for sure. uh, I think if we weren't, you probably would have said, "No, screw that! I'm not coming on this show." Nah. <laughs> These guys are weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty passionate about the industry. If yeah. it didn't show
2: today, or even on your other "Letting Me Be a Guest" on your podcast, so yeah. thank you so much for that, guys. It's yeah. it's a f- it, this is fun for me. We're talking about cars. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you can tell you're you're definitely into it. It's not just a job. It's it's. It's a sickness, if you will. Yeah, it was. been told we, that before. Thank you. We, we all have it. it. <laughs> We've all, right, all got it here. So, so right. uh, do you want to talk about another
2: 93 Cadillac or should we wrap oh, this up? No, no, we're wrapping this up. Right. There's maybe. no more okay. cars of the week. Okay. All right. No cars, no corn dogs. What do we get no. to talk about, Regan?
0: No. <laughs> we'll have you back again. Well, yeah. thank you very much, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot for thanks your Thanks for your time.